Welcome to Women in the Arena podcast, the podcast celebrating women doing extraordinary things in plain sight. I'm your host, Audra Egan, and our mission is to elevate the value, strength, and resilience each woman brings to the world. Without further delay, let's go ahead and start the show. Welcome in, everyone. My name is Audra Egan. I am your host for the Women in the Arena podcast, where we celebrate women doing extraordinary things in plain sight. These women are accessible women. These women are your neighbors. They are your friends. They are your sisters. They are you. They are relatable. You understand who these women are. And I wanted to give a platform to them to help celebrate their magnificence. And it is my hope that these stories will inspire you, perhaps challenge you at times, and unite us all in showing how incredibly diverse and remarkable we all are. So without further ado, I am very pleased and honored to bring you the women in the arena. Welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for being here with me today. I I appreciate your time, and I hope I earn it every single week. Today, I am very excited to introduce to you a friend of mine, and the first thing that you will know about her is that she is fearless. She always attacks life head on, and she is a shining example of absolutely anything is possible when you set your mind to it. She is a personal inspiration to me, and I hope that you find her story and her life an inspiration to you. So with that, let me go ahead and introduce to you my wonderful friend, Tina Lindsay. Tina, thank you so much for joining me today, and welcome to the show. Thank you. Pleasure to be here, Audra. So why don't we go ahead and start and just introduce yourself to us and let us get to know you a little bit. My name is Tina Lindsay. I live just south of Austin, Texas with my husband. Um, We've been here about 10 years. We've been in uh, mortgage banking space by accident since the early 80s. I have two grown kids, both married. I have two grand boys and um, always there's always something more to work towards, I guess. That's kind of every day. I'm a gotta-have-a-plan, things-to-do person. Like I told everybody as I started, you head on with life, straight ahead, always working forward. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I wanted to talk to you about today is what you do in your spare time. You are a competitor, And would you mind sharing with the audience what event you compete in and what your ranking is? So my husband and I are both competitive water skiers. Um, We're considered overall skiers because we compete in all three of the sports disciplines that the International uh, Water Skiing Wakeboard Organization um, has under competitive water skiing, which is slalom trick and jump um 
uh, we're both, uh, based on our age group, we're considered senior threes. Uh, we have qualified for the um, regional, national, and world level tournaments for the last several years. Um, um, I think last year, actually, my one of my um, prideful things is that I was the women's five, again, by, based on age group, um, trick ranking champion in the U.S. So I have a little certificate from USA Water Ski about that. Uh, we also got to go to Lima, Peru last year, and we skied on the Pan Am team, which is um, North America and South America. So I was on the U.S. team. That was another big accomplishment. And that pretty much rounds it out. Well, you're being a little modest. Um, I happen to know about your your medals, but for everybody listening, in your recent competition at the Worlds in October, um, tell everybody how many gold medals you came home with. I did come home with four. That's pretty tremendous. And, and in case anybody missed it, she is a grandmother of two, <laughs> and she is a world-ranking water skier in her age group but that is remarkable in any age group <laughs> so so tell me how did you get started in competitive water skiing well i grew up um when i moved to seattle when i was young i started water skiing there and then in high school i had a group of friends that we water skied and um, you know, Seattle is actually one of the birthplaces of water skiing, but this was well before the internet. You know, I was just in high school, so finding organized skiing was really tough. Um, and then a couple decades later, I was in um, Springfield, Missouri, and met my husband, and he had been a competitive water skier from the age of 18. So from the time I met him and we got married, when I was 38, I became a competitive water skier. So it was late in life to start, um, relatively, but uh, that's where it was for me, and I've been skiing ever since. So you didn't start your competitive water skiing career until you were 38. Correct. How did you start that? How did you How did you feel about? Gosh, I'm I'm older than than many of my competitors. I, I think I want to go water skiing because if anybody's done that before. It's not easy on your body. Well, we were skiing for fun anyway. I mean, that was one of the things that I wanted to get back to was water skiing. And when I moved to Missouri, I had the opportunity to do that. So I jumped at it. Um, it's a, you know, it's a small community recreation. Um, there's a lot of water skiing on public lakes. Uh, it's usually friends getting together. And then the organized tournaments were, you know, again, friends, people that were connected through water skiing. So I didn't feel, I mean, the, most of them were adults, about half adults, half kids. So it wasn't anything. There's definitely people older than I was and still today older than I am that water ski regularly too. So it was, that part was easy. So what has been the biggest challenge in your competitive career? Oh, it's the, um, it's the mental game. Uh, I never grew up playing organized sports. Um, I mean, I did a little bit of track in junior high and things like that. And so the mental game of the pressure when you're 
it's your turn up for your event and performing has taken a lot of um, learning and self-discipline. I've done a lot of reading about it. We actually have a couple water skier friends in our, you know, greater community that are sports psychologists and learning um, from coaches about how to quell the anxiety and the butterflies in the stomach and the ups and the downs. So that's been the biggest challenge. So, so tell me what that process is, because I think everybody can relate to having anxiety and butterflies, regardless of what you're doing, whether you're going to be competing in a competitive sport or you're going to do public speaking or you are just going to walk into a room full of strangers. So mm-hmm. how, how do you prepare for, you know, uh, going ahead and understanding you're anxious, you are anxious, but you need to settle those down so you can get down to business? Well, one, we practice a lot, practice all the time. So having the confidence of, I know how to do this. I've done this before. This isn't the first time. And sticking to a routine such as um, warming up, going through the motions that make um, me most comfortable and everybody does things just a little bit different. Some people are very aloof and, you know, really don't want to get engaged. A lot of folks, um, I mean, I found my myself at times like okay I need to focus I don't want to talk to anybody kind of go off my on my own get focused about that and then put yourself I mean breathing routines whatever it is to get relaxed and I my typical routine is um, you know paying attention to where we are in the running order when it's my turn what the conditions are um, and thinking through what I need to as far as performance, stretching out a little bit, and then just trying to keep my nerves calm and reminding myself, I know how to do this, done this before, and just focus, really, really focus. I think that those are incredible skills to have in any anxious situation. Uh, so how has your competitive career helped the rest of your life, um, be it personal or your professional, has it bled into those areas? Uh, actually, most recently in the last couple of years, as I was qualifying and competing on the world level, um, more stress than I've ever imagined is uh, from competing. Um, and the peaks and valleys, you know, the ups and downs are just crazy. Um, so, and realizing how that I needed to take control of that so that, that I wasn't just a basket case because you don't want to train all that time and take the time and expense to go to these tournaments and then completely crumble, you know, right. uh, you've gone too far, worked too hard for that. Um, so learning how to focus in practice um, and take control of it on an everyday basis actually has really bled over in the last couple of years to business as far as um, presentations, client engagements, um, you know, you always have a plan, but not everything goes as planned and being able to continue to focus on what needs to get done um, and ensure you end up with a good outcome. It really has kind of bled over a little bit. So would you say that the confidence that you have gained from your competition has also translated into everyday life, everyday stresses, everyday triggers that are, are those natural things that 
that really start to poke at our confidence? I, yes, I, I would say so. Yeah, because it's not it's not something that you, at least for me, it's not something that I do only when I'm water skiing. I mean, focus is focus and um, educating and learning and adapting to the things that you need to pay attention to for physical performance uh, at a specific time for your event. Again, it's not something you just turn on for that 20 minutes and then don't pay attention to it until you come back to it again. It's practice, practice, practice. So just like, um, I mean, raising kids, um, managing your family, your career, all of those things. I mean, it's, you have to have focus and a plan, uh, execute on that plan, measure against that plan. What can I do better? What did I forget to do? And, you know, and those things don't necessarily stay stagnant. They change over time. So you have to be conscious of adapting. I mean, I keep notebooks and keep track of my training from time to time. Um, and what's, what's going on with my uh, performances uh, at different times in the, in the season so that I'm not forgetting things. I want to make sure that I remember, okay, this is what happened last time. This is what I want to focus on. And that's actually the piece that stuck with me the most, uh, again, over the last couple of years with making it to the, the world um, environment and over into business is every time I ski now, I'm, I'm concentrating on, well, what am I going to focus on today? I'm not just going out there to take a ski ride. Um, yes, I enjoy it. We're having fun, but there's always a purpose there. It's it's about fine-tuning something while you're there. And in business, it's the same thing. We don't just have meetings to have meetings. We're here to get something done and fine-tune something while we're there. So I think that that's important that you just said, and I think that that bears repeating, that you have a purpose in everything you're doing. You are fine-tuning all of your efforts because you've come this far it's not going to do you any good or you'll you'll have spent all of that time and energy for naught if you right. don't fine tune and focus on what you're doing and going forward even if it's just everyday activities if even if it's just you know the day to day with work and life and children it it sounds as if you use these same skills in everything that you do. So when you you have people listening to you going, that's, that's amazing. You're incredible, but I don't know where to start. I don't know how to dig down and, and find my discipline or find my focus. How would you guide those individuals that say, I want to, but I don't know where to start. Wow. Yeah. So actually, you know, we're, we're in our um, shelter at home process now. And typically um, for several years now, um, uh, I have a girlfriend that lives at the other end of the lake and a ski coach and a couple neighbors that have live at a lake just north of us. And we've been doing private training um, a couple days a week um, with at straight training here in San Marcos, Texas, give Hom a little plug, um, for several years now. And it's been a consistent part of our physical fitness program. You know, we're training for strength and endurance in, uh, you know, all season long. Um, I, I typically will train at the gym and ski, and then I have to balance that. 
and that's part of the you know the process I've gone through is um, with age and just different things going on. Some years um, it uh, it affects my performance the right way and the wrong way, and you just have to learn how to balance that. Well, long story short, this year being on shelter at home. I cannot get my act together to replace those gym workouts to save my life. I just cannot make myself go upstairs and work out in my in the loft that I have where I have gym equipment. So I've learned about myself well enough. So I guess that's the first key is you have to admit that you know yourself. And over the years, it's like if if I'm not ready to do it, then I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it yet until I'm ready to do it. Uh, I dieted for, you know, what woman hasn't dieted over their lifetime? I guess it depends on your age, but it's kind of the same thing. Until you're all in, don't beat yourself up about it. Just wait until you've decided you're all in and figure out what that key is for you. And once, but once you make up your mind, you got to start. And, you know, the 21 day habit thing, I agree with that wholeheartedly. So, um, I have not replaced my gym workouts, though I am still skiing skiing very well right now for early in the season and really enjoying it. But I have started walking every day and listening to my podcasts. And I've enjoyed that so much that I'm almost not willing to give that up um, and replace it, you know, because there's only so much time in the day. So um, I would tell people, know yourself, figure out, you know, what's going to make you tick and um, don't beat yourself up if you can't get there. I find that I, like you started out, I look for inspiration. I like to listen to podcasts. I like to watch, I don't watch TV, but documentaries, documentaries and history channel. And I read various things. Sometimes I read books. I love um, uh, Audible, the books on tape. And I'm just, I'm always looking for information. I'm not so much a, um, a nonfiction person, but I like knowing, or actually I am nonfiction, not fiction. Um, I like research and studies and data and learning things. So putting those together, I think anybody could, and I'm also a big proponent of experts in their field. I have a coach, actually I have several coaches for each of the disciplines. I have a training coach. We have a water ski coach. Um, my son is a uh, um, nutritionist and has his own gym and I have expertise there. So don't wing it. Look for experts. That's why they're experts. They can help you. They can help you get there so much faster and easier. Um, you don't have to figure things out on your own. I think that that, that is very powerful that your, your first message is know yourself. Mm -hmm. Second message is when you're ready, you're ready and don't delay. And until you're not unless you're not ready, then don't beat yourself up about it. Give yourself some kindness. Yep. And, and then the last thing I hear from that is uh, trust the expertise to the experts and, yes. and, and let them guide you and gain from them, from their knowledge and their coaching to help you walk through whatever that next challenge is. Yep. So so you said something that struck a nerve with me about uh, knowing yourself. Everybody goes through, I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of women start to go through this transformation of 
knowing themselves or starting to know yourself and start to trust yourself. When do you think that you started that process? And when did you get to the realization, aha, I know I'm here? Well, I've actually thought about that recently. I don't think I got to, well, I got to know myself in different ways at different in different decades, like in my 30s, 40s, and 50s. Um, but some areas I'm stronger in than others. And I guess knowing yourself and asserting yourself is kind of can be different, can be the same. Um, I've become really comfortable in my own skin. Um, probably started in my 40s. Yeah, I, I would concur with that. Um, I too am in, I'm, well, I'm now officially in my late 40s. Uh, and I think I started to feel out who I was probably mid 40s. I think that's mm -hmm. when I started to acknowledge truly who I am and start to give myself graces where it was warranted and push myself where I needed to push myself. And it sounds like that that is consistent with the process that you have gone through as well. Yep. I would agree with that. Which sounds like I'm on track, which is great. Yes. <laughs> so, so there's, there's hope for all of us. Um, before we wrap up, what I wanted to ask you is, there's somebody out there listening that is going, you know, I just need just that little word of encouragement to make me take that next step. What would you say? Hmm. Well, you know, so you, it goes back to knowing yourself. You have to make sure you have, if, if you need the encouragement, are you, are you not believing in yourself? Do you not have confidence? And it, if so, why? Just break it down into bite-sized pieces. It's like, well, what are you, you know, are you, what are you afraid of? Are you afraid of, to, you know, if you're afraid of physical, whatever, it depends on what it is, but break it down into bite-sized pieces and write them down, put them in the physical universe, write them down and figure out what you can do to allow yourself to get past that. And I mean, when you break them down into little pieces, we all are, I, I, and I, you know, I think everybody at one point in their life has allowed something to spiral out of control and just get far too big, too complicated. And of course you can't tackle that. Um, so just do, do what you can, control what you can, don't worry about the rest and break it down into small pieces. And there's lots of, there's lots of great people out there in the world that have far more experience than I do that can help lead with those things. But I agree with it. I think that that is incredibly powerful. I, a simple message to do tremendous things is to just simply take the first step and mm -hmm. make it, and make it small is what yep. I'm hearing from you is break it down into small pieces and tackle each one, one at a time. And, you know, when I think about it, it's like that's exactly how we approach water skiing. Um, in one of the disciplines of trick skiing, um, learning a new trick, especially as I find getting older, I'm not as flexible as I used to be. You know, I have strengths and weaknesses. And um, matter of fact, I approached some of our um, 
young girls on the lake yesterday and said, I need to learn a new trick. Will you coach me? The prep tricks. There are always little prep tricks that you can do to get you to executing the whole trick. So whether it's exercising or, you know, learning a skill at work, there are always things that you can do that are small pieces that you can start with until you figure out what the heck it is you're doing and put yourself into a position where now you're ready for the whole thing. That is amazing advice. And I thank you for giving that because like I said, there is somebody out there that needs to hear that. And I'm so glad that you made it clear so they can hear that and so they can ready themselves to take the next step for whatever comes next. So Tina, before I let you go, I have three last questions for you that I ask everybody. And the first question is, what are you currently reading? Oh, I'm currently reading a couple of things. So, um, well, does books on, does my audible count? Absolutely. So so I'm listening to Where'd You Go, Bernadette, which was a movie that came out. I'm about halfway through that. Um, I'm reading, uh, I love everything that comes out from Harvard Business Review. So uh, I read their articles and um, um, many of the magazines, and then I'll pick up books from that. I have a Brene Brown book that I'm reading. It's in the other room. So I'm not sure which one it is, actually. Um, and I think that's it right now, well, as far as reading. I love Brene, Brene Brown. You can't go wrong with any of her books. So mm, I agree. And anybody wants to pick one up, start anywhere. Um, Daring Greatly is probably a great one to start with, but they're all fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, second question, what are you currently learning? Uh, well, I'm going to start learning how to do a, what's called a toe wrap in. So right. that's a water ski trick. Um, I also have picked up woodworking in my spare time. So I'm always learning how to build new things. Um, I don't have any, actually my next project's going to be replacing the, um, outdoor dining table that we have on the patio. I need something a little bit bigger. The first one that I did was, um, was an, a, a decent attempt, but um, my, my skills are a little bit better now. So I'm, I'm learning how to use more of my tools. And what else? I don't think I have anything else. You're learning to use power well, tools. Actually, uh, okay, so in my, my learning to, what was that that you said? You're, you're learning to use power tools. That's yes. fantastic. <laughs> Yep. Uh, actually, so I'm also learning, um, as I spend, you know, eight hours a day at work, I'm learning how to bring a new business to market, how to work with different people. Um, and that's an, an experience every day. Uh, no doubt. Cause it's probably something new every single day because you said two things that are in constant evolution product and people exactly so it's never the same day twice is what i'm hearing right that's actually probably great practice for life (laughs) Mm -hmm. so my last question for you is what's next what's next on the horizon for you um 
Well, I have aspirations for, um, I'd like to get some leadership training actually. Um, more like formal leadership training. That's one of the things that I have on my list to do. Um, I do it on, you know, on my own through, um, you know, like books and podcasts and things like that. But I would actually like to find a program um, that fits kind of my lifestyle and schedule and, and see, and maybe something through work that I could do. Um, what's next is what will the world look like when we're out of shelter at home? And I mean that uh, as far as I miss my grandkids and my kids a ton. Um, the only thing that could have been better about the shelter at home is if we all lived in the same town, which of course we don't. So, uh, and then of course I have parents in different places. So I, that's another big next thing of what is spare time and social and travel and things like that going to look like. I'm not sure. So other larger or longer term thoughts about, I mean, I don't think about retirement yet. Um, though it has, it's more appealing all the time. Um, <laughs> grandkids getting older, but what that looks like. So that's a little, um, that isn't an immediate thought process for me right now. I mean, I'm preparing for it, of course, but no immediate plans for that. So, um, and I'm not doing any huge house renovations or anything like that. So I, I think that. you've, I think you've got plenty on your plate, uh, with, with a, a very demanding career, an incredible athletic career, uh, friends, family, I think that you have a very full, rich life. And like I said, you tackle life completely straight on and you have demonstrated that through our conversation here. Uh, Tina, thank you so much for doing this for me and doing this for the audience. Like I said, someone is going to hear this and something is finally going to go, aha, that's exactly what I needed to hear. And I'm so grateful for you being so generous with your time and with your information and being so open to this conversation. Well, you're welcome. I enjoyed it. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Absolutely. And thank you everyone for listening. And I will join you next time. That's our show today. Thank you so much for joining me. But before I let you go, I have two items of business that I must, must get out there. Number one is I want to talk to as many women as possible. So please, if you know someone or you are someone that is ready to share your story, please hit us up on our socials at Women in the Arena on Facebook or Arena Women on Instagram. Next, I have some giant, big, fat thank yous that I need to extend out there. Number one is to my guests. Without you, there is no show. So thank you so much for your generosity of time, your willingness to be authentic and completely vulnerable and share a piece of you with us. Next is to my audience. I appreciate and am grateful for your gift of your time and I hope that you have used it wisely with us. Next is to our composer of our intro music, that is to Star Diva, who's incredibly talented. And last, but certainly not least, is to my producer, my number one son, my son, Gavin Agan. Without you, this show is just a bunch of ramblings and recordings that don't make any sense. 
Thank you so much for everyone who's joined me, and I look forward to seeing you next time. This is just the beginning. That's our show. I am so grateful for each and every one of you and your unwavering support and your continued belief in this movement that has become much bigger than me, much bigger than just a podcast. It has become this forward momentum that we are all doing together. If you are ready or you know somebody that is, that is ready to tell your story and share your value with the world, please connect with me. You can reach me at audra at womenintheArena.net. I am so honored and thankful that you will share your story with me, and I'll make sure that it is well taken care of. I will never stop thanking each and every one of you, and I cannot wait to talk to you again next week as we share another woman's story and we celebrate her doing extraordinary things in plain sight. We'll see you next time. This is just the